This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. It sure is about seven minutes after four. That can only mean one thing. Time for you to pick up that phone, call in, and ask your questions. I know you're dying to ask when it comes to your job, your employment, your boss, anything we talk about here on the Employment Hour, we are ready to take your calls. As always, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Anytime you want to reach out, by the way, through email, we'll get through a bunch of emails on the show this afternoon because they build up and we'd like to uh, like to get back to all of our listeners and email correspondence as well that is help at employmenthour.com Lior, pal what's going on with you hey john uh you know what's going on with me is that i'm i'm uh, all rocking and rocking and rolling here ready to answer a lot of questions about employment law and to hopefully help uh people with some of their workplace problems you know i'm in i'm in the mood to talk to some people today i, I want to really try mm-hmm. to uh get some conversations going this show is always much more fun much more interesting when we get people calling us uh with their problems and, and giving us an opportunity to solve those problems so don't be bashful uh don't be concerned about uh whether there's a solution give us a try call us right now we're here till five o'clock this afternoon to do just that to answer your questions so even though we're going to be answering a lot of emails during the show today uh, i would also be very very happy to take your calls about your workplace rights your discrimination that you're facing the problems with your boss harassment wrongful dismissal uh, minimum wage overtime any and all that bring it on let's talk about that let's solve those problems and Johnny, always uh, like to start with a couple scenarios that came across my desk over the past couple of uh, days. Uh, first scenario, uh, a lady I spoke with, she had been working for the same company for nine years. Now, every year, uh, right at the end of June, she would sign an, um, uh, a contract, a one-year contract. Right. So from uh, July 1st to the following June 30th, and she's done that every year for nine years. Uh, and this was just how that company ran its business and every year right at the end of June signed a new one continued working on and on and on we go well guess what this past June just just uh, a few months ago the company told her well we're not going to give you an- another contract we're not going to renew your contract so uh, you know when you're done at the end of June that's going to be your last day we thank you very much for your service wish you all the best and farewell and she called me it took her a couple of months to call me because uh, that's when she heard our show and she called me at the office and yep. she wanted to know can they do this? Uh, you know, I, I expected to continue working there. In fact, I continued. I expected to work there for many more years until I retire. Uh, and and uh, you know, is that right? Well, here's the thing, John. We've talked about this before on the show, and this is a classic example of this. When you sign contracts every year, and they kind of keep rolling and rolling, and every year it's a new contract, but you know, it's not negotiated. It's just another piece of paper that you signed. In the eyes of the law, you become a regular employee. You become a regular full-time employee. So it doesn't matter that you sign a contract. It doesn't matter that the contract has an end date. Once you go beyond three contracts, the law says, forget about the contract. You're now a regular employee. Uh, and because of that, now that they've decided essentially to let her go, she's owed severance like a regular employee. Yep. And for her, after nine years of service, she's uh, 57 years old. Uh, she's in a, in a bookkeeping type of a role. She probably is owed 10 to 12 months of severance. That is what she's owed. And I'm going to help her get it. And I wanted everyone to remember that. If you sign contracts every year, uh, at some point, usually after about three of them or so, the law is going to say, forget about that. It doesn't matter. You're a regular employee. And that's especially important, John, if you're being let go. 
the fact of the matter is people will go on under that uh, that assumption that their contract as they sign every year for 15, 20, 25 years and not know the difference, right? Exactly. And then they, they assume that that's fine and they assume that it's a contract. Well, no. Yep. If you're expecting to continue working, you're a regular employee, you get severance if you're let go. It doesn't matter what the contract says. Lines are open, ready for you. As you know, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Want to call through Tata. So what else you got going on in your world today? Actually, uh, earlier today, even though it's a Sunday, I've been e- I was emailing with a gentleman about his situation. I thought I'd bring it up today. This person wasn't let go, but here's what happened. He was uh, sick uh, for a couple of days uh, last week, and he provided a doctor's note to his employer, uh, and when he uh, came back to work, the company brought him into a meeting, and they said, well, no, this doctor's note is no good, and it's no good because, number one, it's from a family uh, it's not from your family doctor it's from a walk-in clinic so it's not good no. and number mm-hmm. two it doesn't say what the issue is it just says that you can't work it doesn't say what your diagnosis is you know was it a flu is it a bad back it doesn't say anything and so we need you to go to your family doctor and get a better doctor's note and he called me and he wanted to know well first of all i couldn't get an appointment with my family doctor because it would take forever so i had to go to the to the walk-in clinic and number two do they have a right to know what my medical condition is so let's address both these things very quickly. Number one, you can absolutely go to a walk-in clinic. It's up to you what doctor you see to get a doctor's note. Walk-in clinic, family doctor, doesn't matter as long as it's a doctor. Even if it's a doctor that saw you for the very first time, if that doctor gives you a note that you can't work, that's all that you need. Your employer can't question that. Your employer can't uh, doubt that doctor. Let's be very clear. But the second thing, probably even more important, is your employer does not have a right to ask you what your diagnosis is. Your employer does not have a right to, to ask, what is your medical condition? Uh, they have no right to know that that is a private thing. The only thing your employer has a right to know is, can you work and can you not work? And you know when will you be able to come back? That's it. And if they ask for more than that, that is something you can absolutely say no. I'm not going to give you that. Frankly, that's none of your business. That's a private matter. And if they insist, that could be even a human rights violation. So I want all all our listeners right now to remember that you can go to whatever doctor you want and your employer cannot ask you what is your diagnosis. I mean, the basic version of that is they can ask prognosis, not diagnosis, right? You got it. Prognosis, are you sick? Uh, Are you not? When can you come back to work? That's it. Not what is the actual condition. That is private. That is uh, personal. And it's irrelevant to the employer. Phone lines open, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. As I mentioned off the top, we want to get through a ton of email today. Uh, some emails that people either send in during the show or off hours when we're not and you're simply practicing at the office. Give uh, Brian the first shot here. He says, I've never taken more than one week's vacation in the five years I've worked for my company. This year, I want to take two weeks off around the holidays, and my employer says I can't. Can I do anything? Well, you know, first of all, I mean, wow, it's a, it's a tough situation not having to take, not taking more than one week's vacation. I guess uh, he's yeah. a very, very good employee uh, or, or very dedicated. Uh, kudos. But, he, but first, before I even answer the specific question, the fact that you're only taking one week's vacation doesn't mean that you, you forgo vacation pay. Your employer still has to pay you vacation pay for the other time that you didn't take. So you, you, let's say you have three weeks vacation a year, you actually only take one. Well, they still have to pay you pay you out for the other two. So let's remember that. Be very, very uh, uh, careful with that. 
Now, in terms of scheduling mm-hmm. the vacation, your employer does have a right to decide when you will take the vacation. So they can say, uh, no, uh, this holiday season, we're busy, we can't let you take vacation, uh, and, and we need you to work. They have a right to do that. Now, they can't prevent you from taking your, your full vacation. So if you say, this year, no matter what, I'm taking my full vacation, well, they have a, uh, to find a way to make it happen, but they get a say in terms of when that happens. So talk to your employer, work with them about finding a time that works for everyone. If they refuse to allow you to take the vacation period, that is wrong, that's illegal. That's a violation of the Employment Standards Act. You want to call me at that point. Otherwise, they do have a right to, to tell you when a good time to take vacation is going to be. And if it all boils down to severance, a good thing to use off the hop, even before we, uh, they call you at the office there, severancepaycalculator.com. Give me some quick details uh, before we uh, we break and get to our first call. Severancepaycalculator.com, a website that is available, that's free, that's easy to use, that I created, that allows anyone to find out exactly how much severance you're owed if you lost your job. Once you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you answer three questions, your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you find out how many months of weeks pay you owed. So you no longer have to look at that severance letter and say, uh, is this good? They offered me six weeks. Is that right? Well, first of all, without even knowing, I can tell you it's probably not right. But check it out yourself, severancepaycalculator.com, free, anonymous, the first place you go to if you lost your job. We continue to clear out the inbox of emails on the show this afternoon on the Employment Hour. Anna, I see you there. Hang on the line. We'll get to you as soon as we come back from a, a short break here. You want to call in? We'd love love to talk to you. Come on in. Water's warm. Lines are open. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's the Employment Hour. Getting warmed up right here on CKNW. You sure are, and the number to call in and talk tonight, get your questions answered. Very simple, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, by the way, email is help at employmenthour.com and to reach uh, Lior and a member of his team, 604-283-3123. Anna, we just, she was just there, and uh, she just disappeared. I don't know where she went. Hopefully, she'll uh, she'll call back, and we'll get to, get to talk to her, Lior. Um, the deal is, uh, Daryl is the next one up on our email, and Daryl says, I was just given a, a termination letter that offers me, count them, 12-week severance after four and a half years with my company. The HR manager says that if I hire a lawyer, the company will refuse to pay me the 12 weeks. Do I have to accept the offer? <laughs> that, that, that actually makes me chuckle uh, because yeah, it's nonsense. Time. Here's the thing. You're owed what you're owed. The law decides what you're owed. And whether you hire a lawyer, you don't hire a lawyer, the company has to pay what you're owed. So let me give you an example. John, let's say I owe you $100 uh, and I offer you 50 but I say, John, if you hire a lawyer, I'm not even going to give you that 50. Well, you'd look at me like I fell from the moon because, like, no, Leora, you're going right. to give me 100 because that's what you owe me. So, uh, so that's how it works with severance. Now, if you're owed more than 12 weeks, and by the way, after four and a half years, uh, almost guaranteed to be owed more than uh, 12 weeks, you probably owe double that, probably six months pay, maybe even more. So if, if they're telling you you're not going to get it, well, that's nonsense. Of course you're going to get it, and it's my job to make sure you get it. So don't ever be intimidated by an employer that says, well, you know, this is the, the offer, and if you don't accept it, it goes uh, off the table. Or if you dare hire a lawyer, we're not going to pay it to you. 
That's ridiculous. The law decides what they have to pay. They don't decide that. I don't decide that. You don't decide that. The law takes care of that. And if the law says you should pay six months, you can hire 15 lawyers. They're still going to have to pay. It doesn't matter if they like it or not. So don't fall for that. It's an intimidation tactic. Call me. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. Never, ever sign off on that severance offer without doing it. You know, it's funny. We, we chuckle at it, and it's, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. But if you were to go out on the streets of, of Vancouver any day of the week and you know stop 100 people and give them that exact scenario, they would say, yeah, well, he better sign it because he's going to lose that offer. That's why we do the show, right? Yeah, and they would say that the, the, he should sign that because they're offering him more than he's owed. Right. There's that yep. misconception. Well, he's worked there for four years. He gets four weeks. They've offered him 12 weeks. Holy cow. That's such a good deal. He better accept it. Well, no, there's a huge misconception about this whole one week per year Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to severance. It is a misconception. It's false. It's wrong. Not only do you get more than that, sometimes you can get uh, five times, ten times that. SeverancePayCalculator.com, the place you go to. Don't fall for any misconception because once you've figured it out later, it may be too late once you sign off. So the time to know what you're owed is now, before you sign off on that severance letter. If this has brought about any questions in your head as we're sitting here chatting about this stuff and you're going, I didn't know that or I don't think that's correct or, hey, maybe I got a question, bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And uh, we'll get you on before the uh, the end of the hour here till we go till, till 5 o'clock. Dana, next up in the email, says, I have been off on a stress leave for two months but uh, don't want to go back to work because I'm afraid of how I will be treated. What do I do now? Well, obviously, if you're... Uh, being uh, mistreated, harassed, whatever it is at work, that it's so bad that uh, you you now have to go on a medical leave, well, you you shouldn't have to put yourself back in that situation. Obviously, if it's that bad, if it's impacting your health, it's never a good idea to go back to that bad situation. From a legal standpoint, if you're being harassed and because of that you're now sick, that can be a constructive dismissal. That poisoned work environment in the eyes of the law can be a termination. To pursue that, we would want to be able to prove what happened. Is there a way to prove it? Because uh, they're not. The company's not going to admit it, most likely. So, is there a written record? Did, did you talk to someone in HR? Is there anything in writing? Did you keep notes? So, all those things are relevant questions that we're going to have to look at to determine whether or not we can pursue a constructive dismissal. In some situations, what I tell individuals: if there isn't anything in writing, if there isn't a way to prove it yet is why don't we go back to work for a little while and then start documenting things. Start keeping notes, start start sending emails confirming things that have happened, and then after a little while we'll have enough to be able to pursue that constructive dismissal. So the devil's in the details, give me a call, let's talk about that. I want to find out exactly what kind of harassment, what you've done about it, who's involved, what kind of notes do you have, uh, so that we can talk about how do we not get you in there, how do we get you out of there with your compensation, with your severance. Help at employmenthour.com is the email address, and any time you want to get a hold of Lior at the firm, a member of his crew, uh, simple, 604-283-3123. That is the number. Uh, VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca is the website as well. Bill writes in uh, today, says, I've been working for my employer for the last year. I'm considered part-time, but I work 30 to 35 hours a week. I think they will be letting me go. Do I lose my severance because I'm not full-time? Uh, this is a, a question, John, that you and I have uh, fielded many times here on the show, yep. and certainly I, I, I get that all the time in my office. Uh, part-time, full-time, how does that impact severance? So let's be very clear. If you have a job and you lose that job, you get severance. 
It doesn't matter if you're full-time, part-time, if you're young or old, or if you're quote-unquote on contract, none of that matters. So of course, yes, you get uh, your severance. Now, if you're working 30-something hours a week, that doesn't sound part-time to me, but at the end of the day, it doesn't actually matter. If you're losing your job, you're going to get severance uh, based on the usual factors, your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and it's going to be calculated based on your average earnings. So if on average you make uh, $700 a week, just as an example, well, then that's going to be the figure that's going to be used to calculate your severance. So don't assume just because you're part-time you don't get severance. I've had employees that have worked part-time for years, and they're let go, and they're given nothing or almost nothing, and they assume it's correct because, well, I'm not a full-time employee. I'm only part-time. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You get severance. You get severance just like any other employee. And by the way, the severancepaycalculator.com website mm-hmm. works just as well for full-time and part-time. Where does where does that misconception come? Where did it start thinking, well, I'm part-time? You're still working. Of course, you get some sort of severance. I wonder where that all started. Yeah, you know, I don't even know. I can't even explain it. I guess it's just some misconception that if you're part-time, it's somehow a lesser position. And if it's a lesser position, you don't have the same rights. It doesn't matter. Uh, some some people that are part-time may not, for example, be enrolled in the company's benefits plan. So they assume, well, if I'm not getting that, maybe I don't get severance either. Uh, bottom line is it doesn't matter. Full-time, part-time, two hours a week or 52 hours a week, you still get your severance. There's people out there now, and hopefully they, they call in, or I'll just ask a question for them, and that is, okay, I'm listening to this, and I get the full-time thing, I get the part-time thing, but I am on complete commissions. I'm a salesperson, and I just got let go. How do they calculate, or how do I calculate my severance? Yeah, a lot of people don't have guaranteed income. They don't have a salary or an hourly wage. They kind of you know eat what they kill, so to speak. Is that they they have to make sales to to get a commission to earn income. And if they lose their job, they they think, well, if I'm not working there anymore, I'm not making sales. So how am I going to get paid anything? Well, it's very simple. Even if you're on a commission, 100% commission, and and you don't have salary, we would simply look at your average earnings. That's it. So depending on how long you've worked there, we may look at a six-month average or a, a one-year, even a three-year average, depending on how long you work there. And we'll say, okay, so on average, you make $1,000 a week in commissions. Great. Well, that $1,000 is going to be the figure that we use to calculate severance. You're owed 12 months severance. That's 52000 There you go. Uh, that's how we calculate it. So it doesn't matter if you're on commission. You still get severance. Still the same number of months as any other employee and we're simply going to look at your average earnings. It's very simple. All we need is a calculator for that, and we'll know exactly how much severance you're going to get. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell to call in, ask your questions tonight. The phone lines are open. We're quiet, so we've got plenty of room for you to call in and do so over the next half hour or so. I think we've got enough time to squeeze uh, another email in before we break. I'll get to, um, let's get to Ron. He says, I've been, been struggling with a drinking problem over the last year. I think my employer is starting to suspect that there's something wrong, and I'm afraid they may let me go because of it. If I am let go, is there anything that I can do? Well, first of all, let's remember that a a drinking problem or alcoholism, it's considered a disability. Uh, It's a serious medical condition, and as a disability, you cannot be fired because of it. Okay, you cannot. So it's very different if you're, you know, you're irresponsible today and you show up to work drunk because uh, you didn't know when to stop. You can be punished for that absolutely. But if you actually have a, a, a drinking problem, if you're if you're struggling with alcoholism, 
That is a medical condition. So what I would actually do is I would preempt this by telling the company. I actually would tell the company that you are struggling with this medical condition, that for the most part it doesn't impact your work, but you're doing your best to get over it because once they're put on notice, they can't punish you. They can't uh, fire you because of it. So be honest. Tell them the, the, what, what you're dealing with. If you need time off to get better, take that time off. Safety always comes first. Don't put yourself in a position in work that's going to jeopardize you or jeopardize others. Get uh, get healthy, get better. And if you are let go, that's a human rights violation. Get on the phone and call me. That number, by the way, 604-283-3123 and help at employmenthour.com. We'll take a short break. Get to your phone calls. Bring them on. we got lots of time for you. That number you know already, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. See Employment Hour right here, CKNW. Man, I got plenty of time for you to call in, talk to us, ask your questions, do so. Sometimes it's that, uh, that lightning bolt that goes off and you'll be glad you made that call for sure. It could affect, uh, everything, including where you spend eight hours a day, generally five days a week, your job, your career. It's an important topic. Uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you haven't used yet, if, uh, you know, but only for interest, you want to find out how much your severance would be, should be, if you ever lost your, uh, your current, uh, path of employment simple severance pay calculator.com 30 seconds punch in some info absolutely free to use and the number that comes out the bottom is the true number what you should be getting carry on from there there's a contact button at the bottom to get a hold of you or if not you walk away and disappear nobody knows you're there you're kaiser soze we'll get to uh more of your emails uh help at employmenthour.com to write in ask your questions very simple elizabeth you're up next says i've had two surgeries over the past 10 months and had to miss work uh, for a few weeks each time when i came back my employer told me that i've exhausted all my leave days okay all of them and i can't take any more time off what happens if i need to miss more work because of these medical reasons well, that's uh, that's a very good uh, question, and it should be an easy one. But unfortunately, a lot of employers get this wrong, and I, I say employers, not employees. A lot of employers confuse the concept of paid time off with sick leave. Those are different right. things. So, your employer may have a policy that says you get five, ten, whatever it is, paid sick days a year. Great, they could do that, no problem. But what happens if you need more than those five or 10 days to, to be off because you're sick, because you have a, a medical condition? All that means is you're not going to get paid. That's it. It doesn't matter that uh, you've used up your days. You can be off for as long as you need to, whether it's a week, a month, a year, even longer than a year. As long as you're legitimately unable to work, and as long as a doctor is willing to say that, you can be off for as long as you need to be. It doesn't matter what the company's policy is. It doesn't matter how many sick days they have. So you may not get paid for all that. You may have to apply for either EI, uh, sickness benefits, or short-term disability, or even long-term disability from your uh, insurance company. But you're not going to be punished for that. You're not going to be considered to have resigned. So if your employer confuses those things, uh, remind them that you can be off as long as you need to. You don't expect to get paid for all that time uh, unless the company has a certain policy. But you can be off on an unpaid leave for as long as you need to. You're not going to lose your job. You're not going to be considered to have resigned. And if the company continues to be confused, give me a call. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll set them straight. Yeah, right. That number, by the way, to get a hold of Lior and his crew is uh, is simple. It's 604-283-3123 and help at employmenthour.com. The the website to uh, to get all the stuff as well, vancouveremploymentlawyers.ca. Emails right here. Brady says, just curious if it's correct that I'm an independent contractor. 
I'm a truck driver and work for one logistics company, and they own the truck. <laughs> well, John, uh, you know, I, I chuckle because this is such a common situation with drivers. I, I see this all the time. And, you know, th there's a number of industries that uh, confuse this whole independent contractor and employee. Trucking is one. Real estate, by the way, is, is another. A lot of uh, real estate oh, yeah. agents may be considered on paper to be in the independent contractors, but in the eyes of the law, they're employees. So, so let's address this specific situation. If you work for one company, uh, and you work for them, you know, kind of full-time, regular hours. And certainly in this case, if, if the company actually owns the truck, then you're an employee. By the way, even if you did own the truck yourself, you'd still probably be an employee. But certainly if the company owns the truck, you are an employee. Now, it doesn't matter what the piece of paper that you signed says. You may say that you're an independent contractor. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who pays your taxes. It doesn't matter if you charge uh, HST. It doesn't matter if you've incorporated and have your own company. None of those things matter. So remember this. If you have a job, you go to work, you come home, you do this every day, you are an employee. Nothing else matters. Nothing else changes that. Now, that's important for many reasons. Number one, it's important because you may be owed such things as overtime and vacation pay and holiday pay as an employee would. But it's also important because at some point, if the company lets you go, you may be owed full severance because, again, you're an employee. The company may not understand or appreciate that they have to pay it. They may think, well, you're an independent contractor. We don't have to pay you severance because of that. Well, at all times, really, if you're an employee, you're owed that severance, and the difference could be tens and tens of thousands of dollars. So remember that if you have any questions, if you're not sure if you're an employee or a contractor, really worthwhile to call me or to email me. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure that uh, we're on the right side of the law. Again, where does all this misconception come and why do employers assume more often than not that, hey, no, no, you're an independent contractor? What, if, if they're not, why do they do it? Well, you know, it, it's kind of a natural thing. Is that if, if you sign a piece of paper that says you're a contractor, you may think, well, well, look, we've all agreed I'm a contractor, so how can you say that I'm not? Well, the reason for that is because it doesn't really matter. If it was that simple, everyone would be a contractor. Why, why would anyone be an employee? So we would just sign papers saying we're contractors, and, and there you go. It doesn't work that way. Now, employers prefer that people be independent contractors because it's cheaper to have an independent contractor than it is to have an employee. If it's an, if it's an independent contractor, you don't have to worry about minimum wage, vacation pay, overtime. You also don't have to worry about paying EI and CPP to the government. You don't want, have to worry about withholding taxes. So it's much simpler, much easier, and much cheaper to have an independent contractor, but it doesn't matter. The law decides that. The company doesn't decide that. The individual doesn't decide that. The contract doesn't decide that. Only the law decides if someone is an independent contractor or an employee. And if you're now listening to us for the first time and you're hearing us talk about that and you're wondering, hmm, I wonder, I wonder if I'm yeah. now really an employee. If you're wondering, I guarantee you're an employee because people that are really independent contractors don't wonder. They know for a fact that no matter what, they're independent contractors. The plumbers out there, the electricians, mm -hmm. those guys, yeah, they're independent contractors. Everyone else pretty much is an employee. The number, by the way, to call in plenty of time still, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I guess uh, the reason, or at least if someone's you know, just talking about the independent contractor thing, if I am on the uh, the working end of this, um, it may be okay to say I'm an independent contractor, I run my own ship, but the problem runs in with 
taxes. That that could be a real headache for me. Well, sure. Uh, you know, because if I just said that you're really an employee, but for the last let's say five years you believed you're an independent contractor. And so because yep. of that, you've been filing your taxes like an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. And you've been deducting certain things because, hey, I'm a contractor, so I can deduct my gas, I can deduct my car lease, I can deduct my mortgage maybe. Uh, but and you think, great, uh, I'm, I'm getting uh, all these things because I'm a contractor. But if in fact you're not, if the law considers you to be an employee and at some point you get audited and CRA is gonna look at it and say, well, well wait a second, you're not really an independent contractor. You've been an employee all along. Well, there could be repercussions. There could be penalties. There could be fines. There could be back taxes owed. And that applies both to the individual and to the company. Mm -hmm. So bottom line is it's in everyone's interest to get it right. It's in everyone's interest to call an employee an employee and an independent contractor an independent contractor. Because once you start misclassifying, there could be huge liability on the tax front. We'll get to our uh, get to a call here. Got Lee on the line. Hey, Lee. Good afternoon. How are you? Great, thanks. Yeah, I just have a quick question regarding. So we drive company vehicles. Um, some people are under the impression that we should be paid to drive to and from our first job, mm -hmm. and other the company says no, no, that's not true. You so do that on your own time. Is this a situation where you go there, let's say, straight from home to the job, or do you go to the office and then you go to the job? Straight to the job site. And when you go to the job site, do you bring anything? Is it tools, equipment, or is it just essentially yourself? Company provides provides the van and the tools and the uh, parts, everything. Everything is 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 in there. Yeah, it's the company's vehicle, not mine. Yes, no, I understand that. So because you're bringing along tools and equipment, it's actually considered to be work time. Okay, and mm -hmm. and, and uh, if it was just kind of yourself, you're driving. I know company vehicle or otherwise. Uh, then then it, w it would not be the case. But if you're actually bringing with you tools, equipment, materials, the law considers that to be work time. So, so arguably, you should be getting paid for that travel time to get from uh, home to the job site. So, and what about uh, from the job site back home at the end of your day? Same thing. Same thing. Awesome. So because of that, you have to decide now, do you want to deal with this? And if you do, the best thing to do for these issues is to go to the Ministry of Labor and, and tell them exactly what you just told me and then they'll review it and they'll order the company to pay you. That's your call. You can absolutely do that. But based on uh, what you've described to me, Lee, this would be considered uh, work time. Right. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate right, it. Lee, uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate your call. Is there any, any hazards with him doing that other than just being, oh, I might rub the employer the wrong way? Well, that, that's really the case. You know, it's uh, yeah. he has to decide, is it worth maybe the employer not being happy with me? And, and for many people say, yeah, absolutely, it's worth it because I want to get paid. Others say, well, maybe not. And that's a personal decision, and that's fine. But from a legal standpoint, I always say, hey, listen, if you're owed something, you should get it because you're not the bad guy for deciding you're owed that. The law decided that. And if the law decided you should get it, then you should get it. It's as simple as that. What are the what happens then if the case turns around and the employer says, "Oh yeah, okay, you're fired, Lee. Out the door you go." Ah, uh, good question. At that point, mm -hmm. that's what we call a reprisal. That's illegal. Right. You cannot be punished for standing up for your rights or even for for pursuing legal action to pursue your rights. So if you're complaining with the to the Ministry of Labor, the company can't say, "Well, you're such a bad team player now. We don't like you. We're going to fire you." That's illegal. That's a reprisal. And by the way, the same thing applies if he goes to the Ministry of Labor and the Ministry of Labor disagrees with him and says, you know what, you shouldn't get this paid. The company can say, yeah, you see, we told you, 
now we're going to fire you. You can't do that. You can never be punished for standing up for your rights. That's illegal. That's a reprisal. The law does not look favorably on that. And if you're ever in that situation where you're asking questions about your legal rights, you're pursuing your legal rights, and you're threatened, you're disciplined, you're let go, at that point, you get on the phone or call me, you email me. It's important that we discuss it. And on that, one, we're, uh, on that note, we're going to take a short break here. Uh, some time for you to uh, pick up the phone and call in as we go to break. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Emails as well as we're getting through the pile that have accumulated over the last few weeks. That is help at employmenthour.com. Lots more on the way. We'll get to it. This is the Employment Hour on CKNW. You can also use star 9898 on your cell. And to get a hold of Lior when the show is not happening, help at employmenthour.com and 604-283-3123. Right back at it. And uh, we'll get to uh, to Yvonne here. Uh, if I can hit her on my phone, if not, I'll get you to do it, Andrew, because we're having a little trouble with my computer. So we'll hit Yvonne when you got a, when you got a moment, get her on the air. In the meantime, your emails, we'll get to more of those here. In uh, just a minute, again, help at employmenthour.com to do exactly that. We got Yvonne? Yes, hello, I'm here. Hey, Yvonne, how are you? What's going on with you? Uh, well, I work for a company that uh, likes to give working notice. So, for example, they'll tell you you have six months working notice as opposed to any type of severance. And I just wondered what uh, repercussions you have when you don't really want to stay working for a company for the period of time. Yeah, no, obviously, if, if most employees, if they had a choice, they would rather get severance and get working notice. Now, from a legal standpoint, it is legal to provide working notice. Uh, it is, and it's the company's choice. Now, as an example, if you're owed 12 months severance, just as an example, well, the company can satisfy that obligation by giving you 12 months notice of the termination of your employment. But what often happens, uh, Yvonne, is, uh, and I see this, gosh, all the time, is a company that, let's say, owes someone 12 months would, would give them six months notice. But what that means is you're still owed six months pay on the back end. At the end of that notice, you're still owed six months severance. So even though it's not ideal for m- many employees, remember, you're still owed severance. So it, it, or potentially could be. So you could go to severancepaycalculator.com, and when you use that, you're going to get a number of months at the end of that exercise. That number of months applies to either severance or notice and, or a combination of the two. So if you're only getting part of that as notice, the balance, the difference, has to be paid out to you as severance. Is that something that happened to you specifically, Yvonne? Uh, no, but I suspect it could. So uh, I know it has happened to others in similar positions in my firm. So when and if it does happen, uh, remember that just because they gave, you, they gave you notice does not mean that it's enough notice. So they may still owe you severance before. And one thing to remember is if, if you are owed severance at the end of that notice, but you decide to quit before, you, you leave before that, you leave during that notice period, you actually forego any severance. So you, you only get that severance if you actually stay until the last day. If you quit before, maybe because you don't want to be there or you found another job, you wouldn't be getting any more severance. Okay, great to know. Thank you so much. Thanks, Yvonne. Thank you, Yvonne. Appreciate that. Uh, moving on, 604-283-3123 to get a hold of Lior when the uh, the show is is not on. Amen, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. What's, uh, what's your concern today? I I signed a lease with, not signed, but I, there was a contract. The PTP Passenger Transportation Board gave uh, nine plates to the company. And uh, I was one of them to get one of those plates on, in a lottery draw system. So in the month of June, 
Hello? Yep. In the month of June, they gave, uh, they did not give us the checks because they said your lease check wasn't, wasn't uh, there. So I gave them the lease check. So this is your lease check will be, your, your, uh, your statement of earnings will be on hold for 15 days. So I said, well, I need my check. Like, you know, why would you hold my statement of earnings in the month of, for the month of May? And they said, well, because this is a management decision. I said, well, I need to know because this is, I need my check because I got to cover my expenses too, right? So they said, well, we're not giving you the check. I said, well, I mean, just talk to the manager. So then I go upstairs to talk to the manager. And then the manager says, you, you, he does not have anything to do with it. it it's the accounting decision. I said, okay, well, can you like give me a number or call somebody on my behalf? Like we need to get this sorted out because management obviously is not making any, is not they're not giving any numbers or any emails where I can who I can contact because they keep saying management decision. So you talk to the manager, manager doesn't want to help. So then I said, you know what? If you if I don't get my check because I need I need I'm going to seek legal advice or call the police because I need my check. Okay, now so it's next, not a police thing. So let's let's be just uh, let's be kind of clear on that. It's not a, a criminal thing. But bottom line is, yes, if you work, they have to pay you. Full stop. It doesn't matter what reason, accounting management. It's it's nonsense. They have to pay you. Now, the reality is. Uh, uh, you can't go there with a baseball bat and threaten them. You can't call the police. So if they don't pay you, the only thing you yeah. can do is, is proceed by legal action. You can go to the Employment Standards Branch uh, and, yeah. and file a complaint. You can get me yeah. to send them a letter. That will be actually a lot faster, and that will probably get their uh, their butts in gear. Uh, you can yeah. also potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal. If it's a situation yeah. where you're not getting paid, you can say, well, I'm gone. I'm out of here. And now, not only are you going to have to pay me what you owe me, you're also going to have to pay me severance. So those are the options. Probably the fastest way to get paid is to get me to send a bit of a, a, bit of a nasty letter to them. Uh, that should work. But that was, that was not the end of it because the, three hour, the next day, manager calls me and he says, you need to come to the office because you're suspended for three hours. I said, why am I suspended for three hours? And he said, well, I don't need to, I don't need to answer that because you're suspended for three hours because your, your behavior was not uh, professional in the office yesterday. So you need to come to the office. I said, okay, well, I'm coming. So then I went to the office and he said, you need to sign this letter. And it's the letter stated, you know, I made threats to the accounting. He wanted me to sign a letter saying that I made threats to the accounting officer. I said, well, what are you referring to? Or oh, you said you're going to seek legal advice, call the police. I said, well, then I, I want you to write that down in the letter. I said, I said, he said, no, I'm not going to change the letter. So I said, well, if you can't change the letter, then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to sign the letter. If you cannot add what I actually said, I'm not going to just sign a blank letter stating they made a threat. So he said, well, in that case, we're going to terminate your lease. And then they terminated my lease and gave me a 90-day notice. Okay, so I mean, obviously there's a lot to unpack here and a lot to discuss, so uh, you and I need to obviously sit down and, and talk about this in more detail. Obviously this is wrong, you know it's wrong. I, I'm sure anyone listening to us here know that it, knows that it's wrong. So I want you to call me uh, as soon as possible. I'm in the office tomorrow and the rest of the week or email me and let's go over this and I can I can do everything possible to help you. Uh, no, they, they can't do this. You, it doesn't seem like you've done anything wrong other than say, hey, you got to pay me, which they do. So uh, reach out to me as soon as possible. I'm in that number to get a hold of Lior and the team. Again, 604-283-3123 and help at employmenthour.com. 
we got enough time, I think, to squeeze in another email here before we wrap for the afternoon. Crystal, next one up, says, I'm a private school teacher, and my contract gets renewed at the end of the school year. I just found out that I'm pregnant, and I'm worried that they won't renew my contract at the end of this year. Can they do that? The answer is absolutely not, and and here's how this works. If you get the contract every year, and round and round we go, every year it's the same thing, you get renewed, and all of a sudden this year you don't, and the only thing that's changed is that now you're pregnant, well, clearly they're not renewing it, they're not giving you a new contract because you're pregnant. That is illegal. That is a human rights violation. You can't treat someone differently. You can't discriminate Gets an, against an individual because they're pregnant or because they're going to take a maternity leave. So no, they cannot do that. You should be renewed in the same way, and, and when you're ready to come back to work, they need to take you back. Now, I understand that that may cause some logistical problems, especially with a, a teacher, but that is, frankly, I'm going to be very blunt, that's their problem. Okay, They have to figure out a way to deal with that. They can't decide not to renew because of that. If they do that, you reach out to me let's talk about that not only would you be owed compensation and by the way the fact you're on a, on a year contract every year doesn't change the fact you're owed compensation we talked about that at the beginning of the show you're probably in the eyes of the law a regular full-time employee and beyond that we can pursue this as a human rights matter as well so there could be significant entitlements you have call me email me uh, if that happens Good stuff. Done for another afternoon. Moving forward, want to get a hold of Lior. Help at employmenthour.com, 604-283-3123. And as always, severancepaycalculator.com to find out exactly what you wrote. Till next time, the Employment Hour, right here on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.